Saints fans, Pelicans fans, let's go. This is the Black and Blue Report. Black. Bree is going to go deep. He's got ground. Touchdown. Blue. Down the lane. Shoots. No. Tip follow in for Davis with three tenths of a second left. Welcome into the podcast for the fans, straight from the teams they love. It's good to see you guys, and uh, I didn't know we had Studio B here in our facility. Good setup. Now that I know where your guys' little office is, I can pop in here whenever I want. Well, we're playing through AD, and so everybody's going to have to adjust to that. Coaches, players, analysts, celebrities, and more. That guy's Anthony Mackie. I've gotten in many of our arguments about the Pelicans and the Saints uh, over the years. Harry County Jr. joins us here on the Black and Blue Report. Undoubtedly, to me, the Saints are the singular reason that New Orleans is back on the map. Hoda Kotb from the Today Show on NBC, our guest. You know, New Orleans gets in your blood. The Saints never leave it once they get in there. This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio. Wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? Welcome into the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Greetings from the Smoothie King Center studios today. I'm Sean Kelly. Glad you're with us here. It's Friday. We've all made it to the weekend. Could be a fun weekend for a lot of folks, not only... um, Sports-wise, but holiday party-wise, too. Hopefully you'll be festive, but yet responsible here throughout the weekend. And on the sports side of things, man, we've got a lot going on. Hoping for a full house tonight here at the Smoothie King Center as the Pelicans are back home to start a three-game homestand, the first such homestand all season. Uh, And tonight they welcome in LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers. As of last uh, evening, I did check, there were still a small, small number of tickets available for tonight's game, you may want to call the box office this morning at 504-525-HOOP or check out pelicans.com to see if you can get in on some uh, last-minute ducats for tonight's big matchup between the Cavaliers, who've been surging here of late, and the Pelicans, who will look to uh, win their third game in their last four outings after the, uh, the loss the other night at Dallas on the road. So the question is this. Everybody's wanting to know about LeBron James. Well, as of... Late morning, uh, we still don't know. Certainly, I would say it's a 50-50 proposition for LeBron James. Now, keep this in mind. He's never missed more than seven games in the season, and uh, he's been highly durable now in uh, what is now a 10-year NBA career. So keep all this in mind after he missed last night's game at Oklahoma City due to uh, some knee soreness. Cavaliers lost that game. They'll come in here tonight looking to split the uh, the road back-to-back. So... We won't know anything about LeBron James or even Kyrie Irving's um, uh, probably knee bruise is what they're going to list it as until later this afternoon, even closer to game time for tonight. A lot of that had to do with the fact that the Cavaliers did not shoot around today since they are in the middle of a back-to-back. So, look, if it were me, I would assume that LeBron James is playing tonight, which makes this a marquee matchup for sure in the uh, James Davis storyline and then, of course, the Holiday versus Kyrie Irving storyline. Let's not forget Kevin Love now also on the board for the Cavaliers as they come for their lone visit of the season tonight here at New Orleans. Then the Pelicans are home on Sunday. They take on the Golden State Warriors, and we have Monday Night Football, of course, 
with the Saints and Bears on Monday night. So you get my drift here. Holiday slash sports weekend, big one here for all of us in the uh, New Orleans area. Hey, on the football side, how about last night's football game at St. Louis? Uh, the Rams didn't look so good. Arizona sneaks out of there with a win in a game that did not have a touchdown scored. First time in almost two years of the day in the NFL. We've had a regular season game now uh, concluded without a touchdown. Interestingly enough, Arizona wins the game. Congratulations to them. It's their 11th win of the season, but they may have another huge injury at quarterback as Drew Stanton has gone down now. And so Lindley, their third-string quarterback, actually finished the game for Arizona. I don't know yet about Drew Stanton's status for the coming weeks, but let's, let's, just, let's just play fantasy for a moment or even science fiction. With the 11th win last night, Arizona seemingly could probably clinch the top seed in the NFC by somehow winning one of their two remaining games. If that's the case, and the Saints win the NFC South, listen to this scenario. So if the Saints win the NFC South, which is still very much in play, they would host a first-round playoff game that can conceivably be against Dallas. I like the Saints over the Cowboys at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome in the wild-card round of the playoffs, then having the worst record of the playoff teams, the Saints then conceivably could go to Arizona to take on the Cardinals and what could be a third-string quarterback in week two of the NFC playoffs and have a fighting chance there. Now, I know that seems probably a little far-fetched in your eyes at the moment, but I'm just, I'm just thinking out loud at the moment. Enough about that. Let's get to the real stuff. The real deal is this. The Saints got back to practice yesterday on Airline Drive, beginning full preparations for Monday's, Monday night's game against the Chicago Bears. A couple of things were addressed and answered yesterday, one of which was the mood of this team, the theme of the week, and Drew Brees talked about that. I'd say this, you know, there's, there's a lot at stake. I mean, we, we're, we're, we're playing for a tremendous amount. I mean, we couldn't be playing for more. Um, so that in itself is something that is exciting. Um, but something that also we expected, you know, we planned for. Planned to, to be playing for a lot this year, regardless of record or anything else. Um, as far as, I mean, really what I'd call this week and everything is just a sense of urgency. You know, so, yeah, there were some roster moves made. Yeah, you know, um, motivate, you know, some other motivating kind of tactics. And yet, that's what it is. It's a sense of urgency. It's um, uh, creating that mindset that, when you come, whatever you do, you need to have as much focus and commitment to that as you've ever had before. And let's make this week our best week of preparation yet, whether it's on the football field, uh, practice field, in the weight room, in the film room, whatever it is. So that's really what it's about for us, is our best week of preparation translating into our best performance. Another thing that was answered yesterday was the status of Kenny Vaccaro. You may remember earlier in the week, there were some reports out there that Suddenly now, Vaccaro had been demoted from the starting lineup and was going to be benched by the Saints. Well, not only did head coach Sean Payton put that to rest, Kenny Vaccaro himself talked about that matter a little more in depth from the locker room. Sort of said the reports of you being demoted are inaccurate. What's, what's sort of your impression of Uh I mean, he, he, he did, he, like he said, he called a lot of guys at the office, and uh, he just wants me to play better. He wants all of us to play better. And uh, he's right, though, man. I've... Uh, I've made too many costly mistakes this year. I got to get corrected. I got to. I got to keep growing at the safety position. Um, it's all new for me. Uh, last year I played a lot of nickel, pretty much straight nickel. 
So it's, all this stuff's new, and uh, but I gotta, I gotta be better, man. I gotta be better for the team. Is it hard to hear those things? Is that a distraction at all? No, nah, man. I've been in high spirits. It didn't affect me at all. A lot of people are texting me saying this and that because of what the media put out, and it doesn't phase me at all, man. I'm a, I'm a competitor. I'm a warrior, and uh, it just. It kind of gives me new life, man. I got a new cut and everything, man. It kind of put reset on everything. Well, I mean, that's good. I mean, you want to you want to put reset on things at this time. I just, I mean, I mean, it's it's good when you're. I'm glad that I talked to Coach Payton. Uh, if he wouldn't say anything, that's a problem. Uh, he just wants me to be better. He told me what he sees me at, as far as a player. Uh, says he sees me in a major role in his team, and uh, I'm riding with him. How do you balance that by not trying to do too much? This what do you mean, like, as far as? You get a talk like that, you want to do more, but you don't want I mean, it's really not, I mean, I was, I was, like I told him, I was preparing more than I ever have. I've been, I've practiced hard, so it's really not, really not changed anything. Just, uh, just focus more, man. Those details, man, especially on a season like this, everything, everything counts, every snap. Are you still are you still bothered by your your ankle at all, or is that 100? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, but I mean, the doctors told me it's gonna it's gonna bother me until a lot of that scar tissue gets broke up. But I'm not using that as a reason. But I mean, yeah, it, hurt, it bothers me sometimes, I guess. Um, do you envision any changes to your role, or or like, I mean, was was there any truth, I guess, to to reports that I mean, not really. Change? I mean, not really. Uh, practice went good today. I had one of my best practices. Uh, not really, man. All right, so a little sampling of yesterday's Saints locker room post what is usually the Wednesday practice, but on Thursday, obviously, because they're playing on Monday night. More coverage later on today from NewOrleansaints.com and on your Saints mobile app as the Saints are back on the practice field in the indoor facility later on this afternoon. Okay, so on the show today, we're going to talk the NFL kind of in general with Jim Corbett. He joins us from USA Today. We'll talk about the weekend upcoming in the NFL. He'll touch on the Saints a little bit too, the Falcons, and the Johnny Manziel situation. And then later in the show, we'll continue our preview of Pelicans Cavaliers tonight by replaying our interview from last night's Monty Williams show. All that and more coming up in just a moment. Football fans, travel to Shreveport, Bossier City on Saturday, December 27th and attend the 39th annual Duck Commander Independence Bowl. One of the oldest bowl games in the country, this year's matchup features the Miami Hurricanes taking on the Gamecocks of South Carolina. While in town, enjoy great gaming action, shopping, food, and nightlife. Check out hotel packages for the game and other things to do at Shreveport-Bossier.org or call 888-45-VISIT. Okay, Beth, our holiday party is almost here. You're bringing the cheese plate and meat tray, right? Check. Should be a great party. Party. Party favors. I knew I was missing something. Did someone say party favors? Patty, the party planner. How about a party favor that really pays off? Look at these holiday scratch-offs from the lottery. Pick up Happy Holidays, Peppermint Doubler, and Holiday $100,000 Party. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Fantastic party favors. You can scratch off your list. We call it No Appointment Radio. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Jim Corbett from USA Today has been a regular for us. We haven't talked to him in a while, but he's one of our favorites. Of course, Jim is a national writer covering the National Football League for USA Today. Welcome back, Jim. How are things? Good, John. Back from uh, spending the past week in Cleveland, and of course, I caught up with you and 
the Saints, uh, you know, two weeks ago in Pittsburgh when they looked like uh, world beaters and, uh, you know, as good a team as there is in the NFC South. But uh, kind of head-scratching where they are now. But, you know, at least they still have a shot, and that's all you can ask for this this point in December. Yeah, we may as well start there. Maybe we talk about the NFC South in general um, because of the way the NFC South is. Jim, perhaps you can see that Saints team uh, finish out and host a playoff game. I mean, that seems so far-fetched at the moment with the way that they played this past weekend, but but I'm not so sure, Jim, that anybody else in the NFC would want to see the Saints week one in the playoffs based on what you saw in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, they certainly look like a playoff team that can go on the road and win, and you know that had been their you know, biggest uh, shortcoming was could they win on the road. They'll have to do it, obviously, Monday night against Chicago, but I think that's a team that you know, has had so many issues and you know, with the quarterback and now losing Brandon Marshall uh, and their defense has faded and, 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 and foundered here the you know, past uh, few weeks and they're just not the same. They're so reliant on their offense. But, um, yeah, it's just a team that's head-scratching to me. But that whole division is still wide open for them. And, you know, if they can get in, uh, they can get some momentum going. That's going to be the key. And, obviously, they've been the anti-Saints with all the turnovers. I think it's 22 and you know, it seems at times that, you know, Drew was perfect that game against the Steelers when he had the five touchdowns, no interceptions. But it just seems at times he's, you know, felt the pressure to do something by himself. And I think in the worst way, probably people thought that they missed Sproles. But I think the guy they missed is Malcolm Jenkins. And, you know, that's a that's a quarterback on your defense. And he's proven to be pretty big for Philadelphia. And I think when you look at, you know, obviously Bird getting hurt, you know, they didn't count on that. But now the Carroll being benched just makes you wonder if they're so thin in safety, how are they going to be able to play in the back end and uh, just their issues with penalties and, and, and stopping people on third down. So if they can somehow pull together, one of the things that Sean Payton does so well is, you know, self-analysis and, and, and really, you know, putting his finger on the motivational button. So uh, that's going to have to be big this week and obviously keep alive that what would be a championship game if the right circumstances come to fruition here uh, when they face Atlanta uh, in in week 16. I know you have not been down at Atlanta, but Jim, are you hearing anything out of Atlanta as far as what the Falcons' state of mind is? I know they lose to the Packers, but what they did in the second half um, might provide them some encouragement going into their weekend matchup with Pittsburgh. They certainly haven't quit on Mike Smith. That, you know, that's obviously on the table uh will he lose his job and you know have they underperformed this year certainly they haven't been good enough on defense and they just don't have the pieces there um you know i did like the way they fought back and uh certainly we we know that matt ryan when julio jones is playing like that i mean he's lights out so um if they can get any kind of running game any kind of defensive help um you know they're a team that you know can be reckoned with and uh, I just think overall uh, they're a year away in terms of uh, trying to get better on defense. So that's where I like the Saints. I just think they have more pieces, but it certainly means Kenny Vaccaro getting back in there because he's a playmaker when he's playing right. Maybe, you know, Sean is like, hey, uh, get your head right and, and, and help us here uh, down the stretch because he's been over aggressive. He's been, you know, overrunning tackles and uh, hurting them in the worst way. So uh, he becomes the scapegoat, and, and we'll see if that works. Jim Corbett from USA Today with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Jim, let's hit some of the other topics around the league. And let's go right to your wheelhouse here because you just, I think, came uh, left Cleveland. What's the story there now? And, and, and again, I hear the, the blips and blurbs on the national shows, but give me the real meat of the matter right now with regard to Cleveland and Johnny Manziel and Hoyer and Mike Pett and the whole nine yards. Yeah, I mean, Mike had no choice. Hoyer 
you know, obviously he stuck by him last week when it was debated whether he would change, and uh, he stuck with him, and he got worse. Uh, he's had eight interceptions and just one touchdown, uh, one touchdown in the last 29 possessions, and obviously that's not good enough. Their defense is playing at a playoff caliber. Uh, they've really come on, and uh, they played well enough to beat Andrew Luck, and albeit for you know a fourth down stop you know, in, inside the goal line uh, that they couldn't make uh, in the final seconds there uh, when they lost. So I think Johnny gives you a spark, and you got to find out. You drafted him for a reason. You traded up uh, to 22nd overall to stop his free fall in the draft, and um, he's just a different guy. I mean, the guy I liken him to is Russell Wilson, and I was out in Seattle a couple of weeks ago, and Pete Carroll was telling me, hey, if we thought he was going to get banged around all the time, we wouldn't do this read option stuff, but he's so good at it, and he's that facilitator. He's he's not looking to run. He's looking to throw, and he's a point guard. He's basically a guy who's going to get you 73 yards on the ground, and he's going to get 300 yards in a different way. He's going to get you 220 and uh, in the air, and he's got a good arm. And I think that's where Johnny's the same type of guy. And Kaepernick and RG3 are different. They're straight-line runners, and uh, Johnny's a quick guy. He's a, a jitterbug guy, so they're going to try and take advantage of that stuff. The thing that he can't do is play too much street ball where he's going to get exposed because those ends will be crashing down. They'll be looking, obviously, to keep the edge and keep him from you know uh, breaking contain. So Johnny's going to have to make some plays with his arm, and uh, he, he was good enough when we go back in the SEC and look what he did to Alabama. And I remember talking to Nick Saban around draft time, and he said, hey, this kid is hell on wheels, and my biggest question is, is is it sustainable in the NFL based on how small he is and, you know, how guys are going to be looking to, basically, he's a marked man because of his size, and um, guys are going to try and beat him up. Mm, interesting. Um, just so that I, I would assume that Hoyer's not with the Browns next season. Is that, fa- is that fair? You know, Mike didn't close the door to that yesterday when he could have. Uh, he's been such a good guy. He's a hometown kid. Um, I think he's the type of guy who will be still a good teammate and will be there for Johnny. I've, I've heard that uh, from George Woodfield Jr., who told me he was pretty special in terms of helping Johnny. So mm-hmm. I think that's where you'll see some growth from Johnny. And he knows ultimately he's going to have to win from the pocket. Uh, Marvin Lewis is going to do everything, like I said, you know, throw the kitchen sink at this kid to you know, try and confuse him and make a guy who's maybe loose with the ball uh, come unglued. But, um, you know, I, I think – Brian Hoyer is going to find an employer. I think it's probably best for all parties if he moves on, just based on you just don't want that you know constant um, comparison to Johnny. Or uh, it's just best that they start fresh with a with a new veteran backup uh, to come in if Johnny proves during this three game audition that he is the future. Jim, if I were to make a wager with you on who would win the NFC, let's go back over to that side of the ledger, and I said, Jim, your choice is the Green Bay Packers or the field. What would you take? I think the Seattle Seahawks, just the way they're playing right now, and like I said, I was up there about three weeks ago, and they really just seem to be playing their best ball, and they're playing really, you know, dominant defense the way they were, you know, down the stretch last year. And I think it's come together for them. Uh, obviously, there was some myth feelings, some hard feelings when, you know, Percy Harvin was traded, and people wondered what was going on. But, you know, I think Russell's played well, and, and getting Bobby Wagner back, he was such a key piece. He had a toe injury, a turf toe, and he's the quarterback. He's the Russell Wilson of that defense. And I think Pete had a team meeting at the right time, got everybody, all the hard feelings out of it. And what had basically happened was guys weren't playing as hard as they could for each other. And uh, maybe it's a similar situation in New Orleans, but it really worked. And those guys right now are, are, are really hitting their grooves. So I just don't like Green Bay's defense how inconsistent it can be, and when you see what gets in them in the second half, I know it's prevent defense, but um, yeah, I just don't know how far they go. 
uh, even though they have an MVP quarterback leading them. You may have just answered my last question, but let me ask you this. If, if I were your editor and I said, Jim, the last three weeks uh, you're no longer the national writer for the NFL, but you get to pick one NFL team and you have to stick with them the final three weeks, uh, whether it be because they're a, a sexy headline or there's something about them, which NFL team would you take the beat for in the final three weeks? Yeah, you know, I guess maybe it would be the Packers just to see if they can capture that momentum and uh, to see if they can be that team that, you know, they made it, I think, you know, 10-6 and six, uh, when they won the Super Bowl, and uh, they obviously got beaten when they were the number one seed, 15-1 by the Giants. So just to see where that defense comes and if they can be good enough, play at a high enough level, because that's obviously going to be the key question with them under the spotlight. I guess the other team would be San Francisco just because of what's going on with Jim Harbaugh there. Uh, that's a drama of its own that's, you know, probably – driven that team to distraction and uh, you know I don't think Colin Kaepernick has played the quarterback position as well as they thought uh, they tried to he's caught between being a passer and a, and a guy who could do things with his legs so um, those would just be intriguing for different reasons where do your travels take you this weekend not sure yet uh, still up in the air but uh, um, you know hopefully someplace where where there's uh, good playoff implications and uh, there's plenty of those uh, games around. All right, you can follow Jim Corbett, by the way, on Twitter at ByJimCorbett. That's B-Y-J-I-M-C-O-R-B-E-T-T. Been a long time, my friend, but I appreciate you coming on with us and uh, have a great rest of the uh, regular season. How about we check back with each other as we get set for the playoffs? Sounds good, Sean. Always enjoy it. Thanks for having me. From USA Today, Jim Corbett here on the Black and Blue Report. Pelicans fans, be sure to download the team's official app so you can play our new game, Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Help Pierre the Pelicans save the coast in this infinite flying adventure. Save as many miles of the coast as you can before the water rises. This fun interactive game includes a basketball bonus round and educational facts about the environment provided by the Audubon Nature Institute. Quest for the Coast, presented by Chevron. Available only on the Pelicans app. Download it today. I'm Tom Richards. I'm 35 years old, vice president of sales at a regional paper company. Six months ago, we decided to transition to one of those cool collaborative open space offices. So now I sit in the open next to three other sales managers, which means there's nothing separating me from... (coughs) Not getting Carl's nasty cold and missing a sales opportunity this winter? That is my purpose. Blend it now. Try the Immune Builder Smoothie at Smoothie King. It's the tastiest way to stay healthy this winter. Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. What's up, Pelican fans? This is Anthony Mackey, a shorter, talented version of Anthony Davis, and you are listening to the Black and Blue Report. Go Pelicans. Welcome back to the Smoothie King Center and this Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report, Pelicans and Cavaliers. Later on tonight, coverage on the Pelicans Radio Network starts at 7 p.m. Last night was the Monty Williams Radio Show on WWL-FM. That's 105.3 FM. Many of you may have missed that, but it is our most extensive visit of the week with the Pelicans head coach. So certainly want to share that with you here on the uh, podcast today. Two segments. We'll start here with segment one. This is from last night's Monty Williams show. I asked last night after the uh, Dallas game what on the surface would be probably a stupid question. I asked you I asked you what your emotion was after a loss, which <laughs> normally one would say, well, how do you think I feel after a loss? But it seemed to be more of a question, at least in my eyes, of at this point where you are with your team, does a loss like that um, make you angry, frustrated? Yeah. Um, and, that, and I guess 
that would help me understand where you think you are here a quarter into the season. Yeah, no, I, I, I get the question. It yeah. was uh, appropriate. I think there are times where you feel like you got your butt kicked and you just want to move on to the next city. Um, last night was not one of those times. I felt like did some things to keep ourselves in the game after a tough win against New York, uh, playing against a really good Dallas team, a veteran team, and you know you got to execute every possession down the stretch. And I thought we did that um, offensively. Drew and AD made tough shot after tough shot. I just, I was, you know, my mind's a bit sick. I, I go back to the third quarter start when we didn't get a number of purposeful possessions accomplished because we didn't understand the moment, but we were a bit casual with the ball. And um, those are the ones that stick out for me. And then the beginning of the fourth, uh, same situation. Uh, they were in transition because we didn't have, we didn't hit, hit the shot or we didn't execute our offense. So I, you know, I go back through the game in my mind and then I watched it some more after the game and the more I watched it, I was like, if Monta Ellis has to hit shots like that for them to beat us, you have to tip your hat to him. I mean, AD was in his face one time. Drew was in his face another time. He hit a, a runner over Omer where he threw it up and almost ran under Omer and made the basket. Um, those are ones you can't do anything about. Devin Harris had 20 points off the bench. Uh, those are the, the kinds of numbers that kind of stick in your crawl a little bit. You had the great second quarter that kind of erased what was a clunker of the start there. How hard is it for teams to take a quarter like that in the second and try and copy that in the second half? It's hard. Uh, veteran teams know how to do it. Our guys are, uh, we don't have young rookies, but we do have guys who haven't been in these situations together. You know, this is essentially the first year this team has been together with Drew and, and AD and Ryan and all these guys playing together. We missed so much last year, and so we're finding out, you know, who can do what, um, and then we're also finding out what veteran teams will do to you down the stretch. You got to be able to make those adjustments on the fly, and um, we're all in this process together. Obviously, we'd love to have those games, but I think, you know, we've, we've done it against San Antonio. We did it against OKC. Um, love to do it against Dallas. They're a team that I really like to beat. There's no doubt about that. I, you and I are on the same page there. Uh, Holiday last night seemed to be more aggressive on the offensive end. At times he gets criticized for being a little passive on the offensive end. Do you need him more like last night to help your team? I, you know, if I was Drew, I wouldn't worry about anybody's criticism. You know, that, that guy brings it every single night, competes on defense. Uh, he tries to find the right amount of balance. In, in the Dallas game, Tyreek didn't have an offensive game going, and so Drew picked it up, which is what we needed. Uh, it'd be great to have those two guys working on the same night <laughs> along with AD. Um, and I think Drew does a good job of uh, balancing his offensive aggression. The one thing it never dictates is his defense, and you got to love that about him. Ryan Anderson is, is a weapon for you in a lot of different ways. One of the ways is his three-point shot. Yet, Coach, over the last 11, he's he's less than 20% now on hitting that shot. So is is he fatigued in any way because he took so much time off recovering from the injury? Or is there something else working there that 
maybe you see coming out of it? I think he's getting open looks. Um, he's got to keep shooting those shots. He can't get frustrated. It's a part of being a great shooter. You got to move on to the next shot. Uh, I do think teams really game plan for Ryan. Uh, they don't leave him much, which you know you'll see Tyreek go for 30, Drew go for 30. That's a byproduct of guys not leaving Ryan. I think the shot's going to. I know it's going to come because he's going to stay in the gym. Uh, he's a great shooter, and the, those guys typically get it back. And when they do get it back after a clip that like he's had. You're going to see something special, and Ryan could definitely shoot the ball. There's no doubt about that. You know, if I could draw a baseball analogy, and maybe this is even fair, but you'll set me straight. Uh, sometimes when a hitter is in a slump, I've seen a manager say, hey, maybe don't take batting practice today, or we're going to take you out of the lineup for one day and kind of reset. Can you do that with a basketball shooter? It's tougher um, because shooters in the league today, they're, they're always thinking next shot. Whereas a hitter, you know, he's only getting four tries at it. You know, a shooter is probably going to get 10 to 15 shots at it. So he's thinking, if I miss these two, I know my next 12 to 13 are going to go in. That's how shooters think. And I don't want to mess with that. Uh, my encouragement to him is sometimes not to say anything because our team really takes the things that I say to heart. And the last thing I want to do is knock a guy for trying his best. Uh, he's still a weapon for us. He spaces the floor. Um, he had a great post game against Dallas, which was good for us because he got to the free throw line and let us set our defense in the second quarter, and that was the best quarter that we had. All right, when we come back, we'll play you the second part of the interview with Monty Williams and get set to wrap things up on this Friday. At the Auctioner Hospital for Children, no matter where you turn, you're surrounded by bravery. Children and teens dealing with health problems beyond their years. Parents working hard to keep the worry from their face. Doctors and nurses doing everything possible to get them back home where they belong. From rare brain tumors and leukemia to heart conditions and organ transplants, we offer a level of pediatric care unmatched in Louisiana with more advanced capabilities than any other children's hospital in the region. Even our kids-only ER can handle any pediatric emergency. In fact, the only thing tougher than the problems we see every day are the kids themselves. Choose the Auctioner Hospital for Children and never wonder if you could have done more. Call 866-AUCTIONER to find an affiliated pediatrician near you. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. The Pelicans and the Cavaliers have already met once, and the Cavaliers escaped at home with a win earlier this season. Tonight, the second and final meeting in the season series. This now is the second and final segment of our Monty Williams show visit with the Pelicans head coach. Coach, you know, after training camp and now 21 games, there's a little bit of a body of work. Um, I know it's only been five with two of your new players, but at this point, are you starting to see signs that your team is gelling? And what would those be? Well, if you take a look at our bench, you look around the league, you see during a timeout, benches are all over the place. A lot of guys aren't even paying attention to what's going on. We have one of the best benches in the league. All of our guys, even the guys who aren't playing, I know they're frustrated about the not getting minutes. 
but our, our team never wavers there. That's a sign of great chemistry. Um, outside of that, they, they genuinely like each other, but they also compete in practice, which is a really good sign. And I think chemistry is built over the long haul. I think we're going to be even better as the season wears on and different guys get their shot at playing. It'll be interesting to see how how much we grow because our guys, you've been on the plane with us, our guys like being around each other, playing cards and probably making fun of me, um, which is another good sign of, of great team chemistry. You've always wanted a work team. It appears that you have one in the making here. Sometimes when I refer to you as coach, I could also call you teacher. It's as much as you do anything else. Talk about this group of students, though. From a teacher standpoint, yeah. how do these guys work? Well, I think the, the thing that our fans need to understand, even though we're not a rookie young team, we're still a young team, and there's so many facets of the game that our guys don't understand fully. Um, for me, uh, teaching the game is something that I enjoy. I also enjoy listening to our guys, and I think that's where we're, we've grown. We have more guys talking about the things that we do, and it allows me to digest what they think and then I can help them out more. And then sometimes they let me know, like, Coach, you know, maybe we should do this. So I think we're, we're both in that mode of learning how to make this thing right. At the same time, uh, our group is really receptive because they all want to get better. Uh, they all enjoy. You've been to our practices. Uh, everybody's always open ears and wide-eyed because they know uh, my heart I hope it's in the right place, and I just want to make our team better and make them better individually. Coach Payton talks about situational football all the time. Well, certainly there's situational basketball, too. Um, as you're teaching and working with your guys, how much are you still teaching playbook stuff, and how much now is situational awareness? We call it uh, game plan discipline and time, time scoring situation. Uh, game plan discipline changes from game to game depending on what kind of team you're playing against. Our guys have to have a high IQ when it comes to different teams in the league. If you're playing against a team like Dallas, you know they're going to run about 20 different plays throughout the game with 30 options on that. And so your principles become more uh, important than anything else. The same with a team like New York. Uh, you play against a team like Houston, your pick and roll defense and isolation defense is paramount because they'll run 50 or 60 pick and rolls and they isolate uh, James Harden and Dwight Howard. And so teaching guys situations, also teaching them time score, situation, and then the game plan discipline, they kind of combine just based on the teams that you're playing. At the same time, <laughs> we also focus on us. You know, we don't want to worry about another team so much that we forget who we are because that's most important. Monty, um your team is about to enter a really trying stretch. Um, and while I'd like to see you win them all, um, that may be difficult. There may be some bumps ahead here. At, with regard to the time of year and everything else, will you, um, will you be paying close attention as to how it hand, or uh, what kind of a thing it can do to the psyche of your team going through this kind of a stretch? Well, the thing that I've always told our guys, uh, just keep doing the right thing and it comes back to you. And um, it's, Bible verse that I've, I've followed most of my life. You reap what you sow. And we're just going to keep doing the right stuff. We're going to keep battling. We can't change the schedule. Uh, 
for whatever reason, <laughs> our schedule has been a bear from the travel to the types of teams we play. But I think that's an indicator of Western Conference. I mean, Dallas is 13 and seven, and they're in seventh place in the West, and we're not too far behind them. Um, I think we're going to catch a break. We haven't caught a break. We've dealt with injuries. We've dealt with a tough schedule. Um, most teams that we're competing against haven't dealt with that. But I think that stuff always comes back to you. So our psyche team chemistry that you alluded to er earlier can be enhanced during times like this. Um, you know, we're playing against really good teams. But, you know, I've said it since I've been in New Orleans, any team in the NBA can clip you. And so we feel like we show up, we do what we're supposed to, we have a chance to win. Coach, on Friday night, fans will be excited to see your team take on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Um, as we look toward Friday night's game, an educated fan's going to want to hear from you perhaps a thought or two about maybe watching the game closely and, and looking for different things in the matchup. Yeah, I think uh, Drew's matchup with Kyrie Irving is a, is a really interesting matchup. Obviously, LeBron is LeBron, but Kyrie Irving, to me, is right behind Chris Paul as far as being maybe the best point guard in the NBA. Uh, his ability to score the ball, uh, he gets a lot of flack for not having enough assists, but it takes a guy to make a shot to get an assist, so you can't blame him for that. And I worked with him some this summer. I've not been around a point guard that can finish around the basket like Kyrie, and we got to do a, a, a lot better job of making it tough on him at the basket. But our defense uh, will have to be a great team defensive effort against them, and we got to keep guys like Tristan Thompson off of the glass. Um, he can have an impact on the game just by getting extra possessions. Deion Waiters is a great isolation player. Uh, but we feel like we felt like we had that game up there and we kind of let it go and they took it from us. So I know our guys will be hungry to get back on the floor against Cleveland. Well, the floor has been good to you so far. Yeah, we, we, we wish our fans would come out and support us. Um, we appreciate the ones that do, but it would be awesome to have 18,000 uh, screaming for us to have a 10-point lead with uh, 30 seconds to go and have our fans going crazy, that would be cool because I've experienced that um, my rookie coaching season when we were in the playoffs against L.A. I've not had a feeling like that since I've been in sports, uh, having our fans go crazy over our team and hitting a big bucket to win the game. Um, I want our guys to be able to experience that now, um, even before we make the playoffs someday. All right, thanks to head coach Monty Williams. Back to wrap up this Friday edition of the Black and Blue Report in just a moment. Be at the Smoothie King Center to see your New Orleans Pelicans take flight on Tuesday, December 12th at 7 p.m. when LeBron James and the Cleveland Cavaliers come to town. The Pelicans Fest pregame block party tips off the fun at 5.30 with live music by Weathered, inflatable games for the kids, and a whole bunch more. Tickets are limited and going fast. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your seats today. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free 
and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. Well, we are all set now for the big sports weekend here in New Orleans. Pelicans, Cavaliers tonight, Pelicans, Warriors Sunday at 5 o'clock, and then on Monday night, Saints and Bears. Daniel Salerson's got the show for you on Monday. We're going to have kind of an afternoon black and blue report. It'll come your way probably an hour or two later than normal. Normally, right now, weekdays, anytime afternoon central is what we effort for. But Daniel Salerson will give us a, a visit a little bit later on Monday, and that certainly will wrap up the Pelicans weekend and set the table for Saints and Bears on Monday night. With that being said, please be safe this weekend. Uh, make the smart decisions as you're celebrating the holidays with loved ones and friends and, uh, and uh, taking care of each other across our city. Our thanks to our guests today, Monty Williams, Drew Brees, Kenny Vaccaro, and Jim Corbett from USA Today. I'm Sean Kelly. We'll see you tonight on the radio. Go Pelicans. Go Saints. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.